we 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 are back people actually it's i'm back but uh yeah this is another episode of prom debate with stats um just you know your average you know water cooler talk uh podcast slash youtube show yeah you know i mean welcome back people and uh i'm glad i am the great debater um i'm usually supported here with my man prime he's not in and right now he's doing the uh lovely husband duties um and um also we used to have our man monty aka Sp- uh, stat boy yeah i mean you know rest in peace and uh we're brought here by crack bell productions um we're streaming live on facebook we also streaming live on our youtube channel under a prom debate with stats and under crack bell productions please check it out uh we have a lot of other great shows that um you know you might be into you know um so when want to say that you know we've been missing for a while we've been kind of busy i've been busy i must admit um things been going down but i'm here and uh i'm going to try to continue to give you the most content as i as i possibly can as i uh mentioned before in previous episodes um uh i i don't i don't want this to be a total rage episode it will be it will be a total i'm gonna be rambling on about um my beloved sixers and um a particular player and uh yeah but also we're gonna have some info about um our beloved stat boy um coming up at the end of the podcast as well um uh, please stay tuned and uh listen check out um and uh, with that, I would like to say what's up to Nate, who's behind the scenes right now. What's up, bro? What's good, man? Holding it down. Yeah, you know I mean, he pays the bills and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know I mean, yes, um, sir. So, um, it's been a couple weeks, and uh, actually, a couple. I mean, almost. I would say a month. Um, and my uh, beloved Seventy Sixers are um out of the playoffs and are sitting home watching the NBA finals like I am. And it's very disappointing. And um I just don't I know I seen it coming after game, I think I would say game I think it was game and say we got up two one. So game four. Game four when I saw it. I said, oh we might lose this. Now I wasn't sure that we was gonna lose it. I said maybe they'll just figure it out and pull it out in, in a very tight fashion. But I definitely saw the possibility of us losing. Um, kudos to ATL. You know what I mean? Shout out to those amigos. And um, for doing what they did, they they balled out. They they did what they needed to do to get the win. And, um, yeah, so the, the disappointing thing is um, obviously um, two people. Um, one is Doc Rivers did not, you know. So my thing with Doc I'm going to state this real quick is okay. You got a bad reputation of losing leads last year. wasn't totally your fault. Supposedly the bubble, so many other things, yada, 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 but you was up three, one and it's a collapse. It's okay. I mean, it's not the first time Steve Kerr got a a blown three, one lead in the finals. I mean, nobody's calling Steve Kerr a horrible coach or doubting what he's, 
done as far as this coach's legacy is concerned. But if you want to change that, if you don't want that to start becoming a stigma on you, you need to act like you really want to win or you're going to do everything in your power to allow, not allow that to happen. And I feel like in this series, in that series, I should say, he didn't do that. Now, come on, let's be honest. Everybody's been talking about the Sixers, every podcast, every sports media outlet has been talking about what happened. So this is nothing new. But this is just my take on it. So, um, yeah, I feel like he didn't do everything. I felt like he was really taking a mulligan on what this team could be and everything else. I don't know why he was doing that. Um, I do feel like he was trying to win. Um, I think he was also trying to coach and allow the players to, you know, because they're the out, you know, what I mean, they're the reason if we really want to lose for the most part. The coaches can only do so much. They're not on the court. But yeah, I just believe that he was just like, listen, I'm not really I'm not saying he wasn't invested, but I just feel like that he wasn't going to do anything. And here's the thing about basketball that's totally different about football or any sport for that matter, for the most part. Um, basketball, um, the adjustments are, you can make adjustments, but you can't make huge adjustments. You really got to die on what you've been practicing what you installed early in the year. And then you try to make subtle adjustments based off your opponents within that. So, if your system ain't totally working, it doesn't mean you go totally away from it because obviously, especially if you're a playoff team, it worked well enough to get you to the playoffs. And if you're a really talented team, it got you good enough to even get to the second round or the conference finals or the finals. So you can't just abandon the whole philosophy. Like we're just going to change everything. Now football, you can do that. Baseball, you can do that. Hockey, for the most part, you I guess you probably can't do that in hockey. You know what I mean? But um, you can kind of, I think hockey has got, yeah. I, and now I think about it, hockey does have a lot more in common with that philosophy because you really won't change too much. I guess maybe you could. I don't know. I'm not a huge expert on the X and O's when it comes to hockey. So I let the hockey, hockey people out there, you know what I mean? You can put it in the comments and let me know what's going on. Um. But you can't make those drastic changes. And you just got to ride out what you ride out with. With that being said, though, you can make some adjustments or seem like that you're trying to win and that you're doing everything and anything out there to try to get us over the hump, get your team over the hump. I feel like Doc really wasn't doing that. The obvious is 25. 25 was cut out by Doc for the whole damn season. The whole damn season. It's nothing new. Brett Brown was doing it for, for, for the longest until he gave up and was like, listen, I'm begging y'all to tell him to shoot and do what I've been trying to ask him to do. He ain't listening to me, so maybe he'll listen to y'all. You know, so Doc came in with the whole you know, well, Doc will get the most out of him. Well, 
He had probably one of his worst stat seasons ever. You know, and yeah, we got to the number one uh, seed in the conference, but you know what I mean? Obviously, that wasn't enough because we lost to a team that, even though they're up and coming, and I'm a big Trey Young fan. I was huge on Trey Young when he got drafted. I do, I do like Luka, and I think Luka's great, but I don't understand this whole how Luka's on his other stratosphere and Trey's like way below him. I didn't, I didn't, that part I'm not agreeing to. Um, but he has to be, you have to be better than that as far as the coach, as far as Doc is concerned. And he didn't do that and it struggled. He got and be and being to an MVP level, which, you know, I won't say that it wasn't going to happen even if Brett Brown was still here. I'm actually still actually now that this is how our season ended, curious of seeing how the 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 team would have been with Brett Brown. Um I think people gave him a lot more respect as far as the players are concerned, because not just the only players that we brought in, but because of his pedigree of being a uh, former player and a championship uh, winning coach. But you have to show something to your players to say that you want to win. And you have to show something and the whole more so more importantly, whole accountability. Now, I know offense is not everything. So when people say who's the second best player, I don't get too bit on the shape when people say it's it's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is the second best player on our team. All right, that's fine. What I do get bit on the shape is when people say he's in the same category as JoJo. JoJo was a finalist for the MVP and would have won the MVP if it wasn't the fact that he didn't play enough games. Ben Simmons was a runner-up for the Defensive Player of the Year award, and probably he should have won it, but those are two different categories. One suggests that you're possibly a Hall of Famer, because you could be a Hall of Famer being a Defensive Player of the Year, and an all-star caliber player, possibly. The other one is saying that you're an all-time great, guaranteed Hall of Famer, and possibly one of the best to ever play the game, obviously. Those two people are not in the same category. I do not know why fans believe that or feel that way. Look, upsides and talent and potential, that's all great. We had another player like Ben Simmons. His name was Andre Iguodala. Iguodala shot the ball. Iguodala wasn't passing up stuff. But Iguodala also told his coach at the time, which if I'm not mistaken, was Doug Collins, hey, um, I need you to shoot more. He said, I'm good. I'm not going to shoot more. And then the only year that he ended up shooting more was the year when he was going into a contract year and he wanted to make money and he ended up trying to average close to like 20 points a game. It was roughly like under 20. It was like 19 or something. But, you know, he was like, I got to make I gotta make moves to get this money. And 
that was it. Now, the difference is, is that as, you know, people say, oh, y'all got lucky because Derrick Rose got hurt. We got past the Chicago Bulls as an eighth seed. We took my, we took the, um, not Miami. Was it Miami? I think it was Boston. We took Boston, excuse me. We took Boston to a game, I think, seven? Yeah, I think so. Led by Andre Iguodala. So, you know, even though he's he was a passive guy, didn't really live up to the talent because he was really talented, extremely athletic, could get anywhere on the court. You know what I mean? He could facilitate. You know, he was an okay, decent shooter, a little streaky, but he could shoot. And then, of course, you know, when he's no longer with our team, he's making big shots, making big plays. Turned out to be, ended up being a finals MVP. So we wasn't wrong on the understanding of what type of talent he was. But we was wrong as far as the fact that he wasn't the guy to be um, on our team. Which is sad because if he had a jo- Joel Embiid, he we would have been really, really good. We probably would have won a title with with, with an Andre Iguodala type. Hmm. You know, because the you know he would have made those t- tough shots. He would have took those tough shots and made them because he's had made them in his career. Yeah, it's tough to say um, jumping in here because Iggy was really green at that point. And I remember I remember I, I felt bad for him watching him during those times because it was it was tough. Like that was a that was a tough, you know, they didn't have really anybody on the team. It was just him. And it wasn't really his role. Like he played it. And like you said, he gave us what he averaged a little over like 24, 25 points. Who? Uh, when it was his Iguodala. No, he never averaged over 20 points ever in, in his career. He didn't average 20 points when he's he was never, this time? He's never averaged over 20 points in his career. Oh, I got to check that, buddy. Yeah, you can look it up. I'll let you do your thing. I'm going I'm to uh, go ahead and keep on going. But uh, no, he never averaged over 20 points. He even admitted after when AI left that he messed up the opportunity because the looks that he was getting before he should have took advantage of when he had AI there. And then when AI, of course, was gone, he wasn't getting those same looks and everybody was gearing to him. So his, his shot attempts and his looks was harder. He just wasn't – He was a he's a team player. And there's nothing wrong with being a team player. But when you need to be the alpha, you got to be the alpha. And at times during the game, in the game situation, he would step up and do the alpha stuff. But as far as from the rip, he would not try to be the alpha. He wanted the alpha attention without doing always doing the alpha stand. He wasn't consistent enough. Brings me back to 25. 25 doesn't be consistent enough. You want the alpha attention. You want alpha accolades. But at the same time, eh, you don't do enough alpha stuff. But then again, I was looking at something on my way in. I was YouTubing. And, uh, I uh, was under Ben Simmons. You know, he was on Jimmy Fallon. I never knew that. I never knew that either. He was on Jimmy Fallon as a as a non-playing rookie. Mm. He had an Australian accent. Like, you heard it. That's how fresh he was coming into the league. And he was on Jimmy Fallon. I don't think MB has ever been on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Why has NBA has never been on Jimmy Fallon? It's a good question. Why is not the best player on the 76ers not on Jimmy Fallon? 
And then he was on another talk show, sitting next to Blossom, of all people. Ah. Blossom. I love Blossom. Blossom. I love that show. Blossom. Well, I'm, I'm looking at this team. You're right. Right on the nose. Iggy averaged 19.9. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> <Not nine> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm no, no, no BS. I'm looking at it right now. He played 82 games, 19.9. Andre Miller, Andre Miller was on that team. Billy Green, uh, Lou, Dallenberg, Kyle Korver. Dad Young, those are the only, you know, Kevin Ollie was there. Yeah, and that was, like I said, that was a contract year for him. But the year we went to the playoff, that year we knocked off the Bulls, and we went to game seven with the Celtics, the best player or our, our, our elite in score was Lou Williams. And Lou Williams came off the bench, but Lou Williams didn't get an all-star appearance. Guess who did? Andre Godala. Yep. And that's fine. To a certain extent. I mean, it's kind of not, but, you know, it is what it is. And look, we understand. It's more to the game than just scoring. But scoring is important. Most of our great players of all times are 20 plus five points per game scores. So there's, there's, there's 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 a meaning behind it. I am watching the NBA Finals. And mind you, we're recording on a Sunday, July 18th. Um, and I just got finished watching the game, um, six, right? No, five, excuse me, five. Yep. And, uh, Chris Middleton, who was a player that I thought was, um, you know, he was a all-star caliber player, but you know, he wasn't a superstar. He's been balling. Excuse me. He's been balling. He's been ball. Excuse me again. He's been balling so much. That he's about one game away from taking his team to a finals. Now, don't get me wrong. Giannis put up 30. So, if Giannis putting up 30, that's cool. But who had the ball in his hands down the stretch? Who was making the clutch shots? That was Milton. Not Giannis. That was Milton. Because as a number two, you need to step up. It's just, Especially when you have a very gifted, talented big man. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Giannis likes to play outside a lot and does a lot of outside stuff, but he's a big man. He's seven foot damn near, if not exactly seven <laughs> yeah, foot. Yeah, I know, right? So he's a big man. And every big man needs a solid guard. I mean, they got Oscar for Kareem. They got Magic for Kareem. You know, mm-hmm. you, need a, you, you need a guy. You need a guy that, you know, I need a guard. I need a guard that, that you know, take some of the pressure off. You know, they did, the, the, you know, the triple teaming me down here. And instead, in this day and age, because nobody knows how to use a, a big guy um, nice, uh, efficiently, I should say, um, you definitely need a guard now. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's insane. I was talking to my friend yesterday, and he told me that, why does Joel get pushed out all the time? I said, well, they don't know how to pass. He's like, what do you mean? They don't know how to pass. He said, that's not the case. Like, he he gets pushed out of the box. I said, he'll pin somebody down and have them deep in the post, but they can't get the ball to him. And then what happens? I said, I said, think about this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a not the extremely most tall person in the world, but as far as pickup basketball is concerned, I'm pretty tall. And so was he. And so is he. I said, when you post up somebody and you got a good seal, what happens? You turn into a stone wall. Right. 
That wall don't move. You got him pinned and sealed. Now, now your guy can't get the ball to you. Now you start easing off that seal so you can give your guy a better target to get the ball to you. Now, all of a sudden, that guy can start pushing you out of your position. That seal, that wall that you had ain't there no more. Now you're a couple feet back. Now you're not always at the three-point line. My God, my friend was exaggerating. But, you know what I'm saying? You get pushed out of position. If these guys could pass the ball to a post player who has a proper seal, once the ball is passed and released, if the guy defended them behind them tips the ball, or if the ball hits the the, the uh, guy in the post hands and it gets fumbled, that's not that's not the guard fault no more. That's that's the the person who's supposed to be grabbing the ball. You got to grab the ball, right? But the position is is horrible. So Joel and like many other bigs, they go down low and they get great position and then they have to readjust to make it easier for their guards slash forwards or wing players to give them the ball. And that's another thing. You have guys who are not passers trying to pass the ball in the post. Everybody aren't great passers in this league. And then as far as throwing it in the post, it's even worse. Now, let's give credit to which credit's due. There's a lot more lengthy and more athletic guys on the floor now. So, therefore, maybe it's not as easy as it used to be. I don't know. But it should be as simple as post, like just bounce passing it, lobbing it over the top. I don't care. Get the ball to the guy. <laughs> but it's not. He asked me, my friend, he asked me, he said, how many people did you ever see run um, pick and rolls from the top of the three-point line? I said, no, we we didn't ever see a lot of that. I said, but John Stockton and 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 uh and Carl Malone never ran anything outside the three-point line. They ran all they pick and rolls inside the inside the uh inside the three-point line. And half of the time it was inside the uh, it was under the three throw line. Right. So I don't know what you're talking about. I actually seen uh Carl Malone on NBA TV explain that. He said, I don't understand why these people do this. He said, I would never Ever set a pick and roll at the top of three point line? There's no, there's no way, there's no way in shape or form I'm doing that. It's because the big shooting it more than he, it's it's hard because because back in Malone's day was Malone considered a big? You think? Of course, I mean power forward and and your centers are are bigs. Right. Hell, you back then your your threes was considered anything that was called a forward was a big. Yeah. Anything called a guard was small. Now, of course, you know, the threes is, you know, is a, you know, is a uh, very great area nowadays. And now fours are trying to be great areas, but that's BS because you need a four. You need a solid four. I mean, Phoenix lost last night and I feel like they, they're missing a Dario. That Dario injury is hurting them a lot because they need a guy who can stretch the floor, but yet can post up. Get you a nice two and grab you some rebounds. Defensively, who cares about if he's going to stop anybody or if he's going to block a shot? But he knows how to dribble, shoot, and and pass. And that's and, and at a six ten frame, that's really really impressive and really important. It makes the defense on a opponent, opposite. I mean, on the opponent's teams to um have to guard that and have to strategize for that. The problem with Phoenix right now is the fact that they don't have nobody to um, – what's the word I'm looking for? They only have two people. And Chris Paul is actually – he's coming out very short. 
I don't know. I don't care if he's injured or not. He's just not even trying. You are in your only get NBA finals that you're probably going to ever be in, and you need to actually play like you, you, you're you in your only NBA finals that you're ever going to be in. You're not 100%, but you're damn near close, and therefore you need to be actually balling, but he's not balling. He's trying to do other stuff because he feels like he's hurting his team. You look at the box score, the box score tells you. 40-some-odd mm-hmm. points from uh, Booker, 20 points from like Chris Paul. Everybody else got 10 points. That's not enough. Now, when you look at the uh, Bucks, now the Bucks don't have a lot of depth. They don't have the, the the ten points everywhere, but they got three guys who can get buckets: Drew Holiday, who they gave money to and and gave up a lot to get, who's also playing great defense on Chris Paul, and then you got Chris Middleton, who's been their second player, who's been their Pippen, the whole, for 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 multiple seasons, and now he's stepping up and he's balling. Yeah, I mean, at a very high level, a level that a lot of people wasn't really sure that he could do. And then, hey, he's doing it. Yeah. And and he's getting it done. So there's three. It's it's actually a three against one because Booker's the only one balling. Chris Paul sitting there on the sideline trying to get assists. Assists is cute, but you need to get buckets. I know. I remember somebody got mad at um, the, the Utah Jazz. You know, for when they went to the finals two times against the Bulls. And it was like, Carmelo failed. He missed three throws. He did this. He missed that. I said, what, what, what was Stockton doing? Those are nice. Stockton need to have 20, 25. Where was he at? Don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure Stockton had a really good game. But where's the where's, where, where's the where's the points at? You going to put all the points on Carmelo? Carmelo got to do all the scoring? Don't get me wrong. Stockton was getting his assist on. He probably had like anywhere between 12 and 15 assists, probably damn near every game. But still, where's the games where he's, you know I mean, he's dropping buckets? Because actually one of those finals, he eliminated the Houston Rockets with a three-point shot. Right. You know what I mean? So I need you to play that way. I need you to step your game up. When you're the number two player, on a uh, on a team or any team, whether it's a championship team or a bum team or a lottery team or a team that's not good, you need to step up your game. People say, "Oh, well, you don't want to press." I don't give a shit because the pressing shouldn't happen. The pressing comes to from the coach. The coach needs to say, "All right, everything we were designing and running for you, for I mean, for 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 the number one, we going to start running for you." So wherever your plays were. We're going to just run that amply and then add to it. You can't go into a season just running plays for one person. You need to run plays for everybody. And, and, and let's be honest. It's not really running the fucking play. It's pretty much an ISO. Right. I don't care what anybody say. It's an ISO. Clear the fuck out. Let me take this guy one-on-one and, and I'm going to make the bucket. Get me in my sweet spot and I'll make it happen. That's what it's about. Excuse me. Um, that's what totally is about. Magic Johnson hit a hook shot. He hit a sky hook with Kareem on the floor in a playoff game. Are you in a finals game? Are you serious? The guy who created the hook didn't take the hook. The other guy did. Right. Who who's not known for shooting? Shot a hook shot on the with the finals on the line with the chip on the line. Yeah, I mean he the one that took that shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to understand it's, it's, it's the context of 
what it's a it's a context about being a number two. A number two is just it's about support. Don't get me wrong. You're supposed to support your number one. But at the same time, you're also supposed to step up. And it is, and it, and and I admit, like I said, I said it already twice already. I'll say it one more time. It's not about scoring. Because Pippen didn't didn't help the Bulls win the chip in, against the Lakers in 91 by scoring. He went full court press against Magic Johnson. That's how they won. <laughs> he said, "Oh, he said, oh, no, we 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 got a guy that can guard you, and we're gonna guard you, and then we're gonna let Mike do Mike because y'all have not a damn soul player that can guard Mike, and that's what happened, right? Yeah, you know I mean, so it's I'm not saying that you need to be a scorer." But you need to be a better number two. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. 25, to me, I wasn't a big fan of him when we drafted him. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, because I watched him in college. And I hold that one year accountable. I, 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 I held it in a high standard because of the fact that he didn't get his team to the to the tournament. Right. Didn't come to find out his teammates, his team, his teammates didn't um, like him. They wasn't a fan of. Then don't get me wrong. He's from a different country. He only got here when he what was his second year of high school. He came over here. He was in Australia until his second year of high school. So he's been in the country for about uh, three years. By the time he gets to LSU. So, you know, he's still f trying to figure it out. Possibly. But he went to a college that, for whatever reason, he wanted to, he chose, whether he chose or his people chose or whomever chose. But you couldn't get wins. And that's a problem. Yeah, your stat line was amazing. You looked amazing. But where was the wins at? See, people believe that since his rookie year correlated into the first year we went to the playoffs with Joel Embiid, that he's the reason why we went to the playoffs. No, that's not mistaken that. We would have went to the playoffs his rookie year, the year that he sat out. But Joel was shelved for the second half of the season because they was worried about injury. They was, they was, they was monitoring him. They was babying him because they didn't want him to get hurt. We would have at least made an eighth seed if Joel plays the second half of that season. And that's a fact. But they didn't want that. Because also they wanted, whatchamacallit, they wanted Markel Fultz because Fultz was going to be that two guard that we needed to go against, to go with Ben Simmons. But. Yeah, that didn't work out well. <laughs> that didn't, yeah, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? And 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 uh to the credit of Fultz, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, I don't know what type of season he has, but he was having a pretty decent season. Yeah, I was a Tatum guy. That I, year. I'm a, always a Duke fan, so I'm not ever gonna go against my Dukies. Yeah, I was I was a Tatum fan. I just his offensive skill set just made more sense, even though Fultz was the consensus number one pick coming out of college, coming out of Washington. Um, he had it all. He showed it all, um, you know, 
at a high level. But for me, I thought the translation for Tatum was higher than Fultz. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Fultz was really good. I watched him in Washington. The jump shot was pure, and that was a really big part of his game. It allowed it, it. I mean, he, you know, as you can see now in his game, as far as the NBA is concerned, he can still get to the hole on, yeah. e, on ease. But yeah. with the jump shot, that was, I mean, and he had like, you know, Trey Young, Curry range. You know, he had that type of range. He had that good range on top of it. That would that was opening up everything. And he was a willing passer, even though he didn't do a lot of it at the at, at Washington. I felt like that that was really something that he was going to be really, really, really good at. And um, the shot not really coming to form, which, I mean, whether it's the injury or just it just wasn't what it was, is, look, he ain't the first person that came in with a shot that ain't working in the NBA. So it ain't, <laughs> ain't nothing new. But that was really the, the part of his game that kind of like hindered him. Now, maybe one day he will get it. I don't know. I don't think he will because I'm, I'm mistaken. He had some kind of operation on that so on that shoulder, which never is a good thing for a kid who was what twenty, you know what I mean, or some shit like that. So I believe that um, that was a um, not so much a mistake on their part for drafting him, but I just feel like that the Sixers just messed up on that one. They just messed up because, to be honest with you, if we would have just kept him and even kept him on a bench, he would have been perfect for Atlanta. He would have fucking took him off the dribble. He would have did all this shit. He would have made passes. He would have finished at the rack. He would have been like, "Go fuck yourself." I'm a beast. You know what I'm saying? Because the confidence was always there with him. The only people reason why people felt like the confidence wasn't there because he didn't shoot the jump shot. I mean, that was that was because he didn't want he he didn't think he could make it make it. That was a physical thing. He knew he could make it before, but right. then, even then he still took it. I went to his first game he ever played. He took a three. He took a three, took, took a couple. He took a couple mid-ranges and everything else. He was trying to play his game, even though he knew he wasn't 100%, or he knew it wasn't the same, but he still did it. And there was nothing wrong with that. And against a, 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 a series against Atlanta, he would have fucking tried any especially no offense, I'm not trying to make this a racial thing, but any white boy that was guarding him, Brodovich or Herder, he would have took them to the hole. He would have been like, yo, move out the fucking way. This kid can't guard me. I'm getting buckets. Mm. And I'm just gonna keep it real. Cause that's how we that's how we think on the courts. That's how we think on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> you do a pickup game and you see the white boy like, yeah, he ain't guarding me, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, not no more, man. Some of these, some. I mean, I have. No, it's listen. been a while since I played a pickup game, but some of these boys listen, is hard. Listen, I'm not saying that they can't play, right? And you know what? The, you know, say, oh yeah, he probably can score a bucket, but he ain't stopping me. He ain't stopping me, right? Right. He can. He could probably get some buckets on me. He could probably shoot and maybe make a couple crossovers, make make a layup or some shit like that. But he ain't going to stop me. He gonna stay in front of me. Hell no, he ain't staying in front of me. <laughs> I'm gonna go past him. He gonna have to. He gonna foul me at least four times before I. By the time I make my bucket, right? You know what I mean that 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 is still true to this day of how people think. They see him. What the hell? I know white man can't jump. Came out like 30 years ago, but still, 
that that kind of attitude still stays. You see him? Oh yeah, he can't play. <laughs> <laughs> he might can shoot, but he can't play. Right. He ain't gonna be able to stay with me. I take him on my team, but he ain't gonna he can't guard me. We going one we going one on one. He gonna beat me? No, he ain't beat me. And you know, we needed that. Maxie tried. But Maxie, you can see the green on Maxie. He's so fresh. He's so fresh. But I think from you know now into the beginning of next year, he's gonna get his confidence. He's gonna get his swag. He's gonna look like he's gonna he gonna look he's gonna look a lot better. A lot better. Unless he gets traded. I think uh Thibault has a higher ceiling than Maxi. Negative. From what I'm seeing from um Thibault in the Olympics. The reason why Thibault doesn't is because Thibault doesn't have um what's the word I'm looking for? Um he can't create his own shot. If you can't create your own shot, you will never ever be an upper echelon player. If you cannot create your own shot, you won't be you can't be a six man if you can't create your own shot. So with Maxi, I'm trying to remember everything he does is driving. I, mean, I don't know about off the dribble creating shot. No, he, he creates his dribble. He, he he goes off the dribble. He can do a pull up. What his issue was is his range. He struggled from beyond arc. Sometimes he he's streaky. The night, you know, I mean, some nights he would have really good nights where he could knock down some three point shots. You know, I mean, stuff like that. His mid ranges was okay, okay for a rookie in his rookie year, and of course, going to the hole, he was excellent. But he can do both. But the difference is, is can you extend stint beyond the arc? And he wasn't consistent enough with that. Excuse me. Yeah, you know I mean, and everything else. But um. Like I said, um, second year, good things. Even for, for um, Matisse, even though he had a bonehead play. He had the fucking bonehead play of the year. Are you talking about the foul and the three? That shit was bonehead. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a bonehead play. I remember I remember that play because I'm just like, oh, dog, like, what are you doing? And the only reason why it was a bonehead play, and I don't oh, put it this way, the only reason why I don't put too much pressure on him about that play is because of the fact that he shouldn't have been put in that position in the first fucking place. But because he was and because he should have known better, and he usually do know better, he just was trying to make a play. I get it. He was putting the effort in. Yeah, he was aggressive. He was just trying to make a play. He said, oh, shit, I need to make this play. This guy can knock that shot down. I need to contest. I need to contest this shot. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. 25, I got a problem with. Was that uh for Thibault? Was this would this be his third year coming up? Yeah, because he had his rookie year. This was the second, second year. Yeah. And to me, I thought that was just um, you know, NBA, you know, intelligence on the court, right? Understanding situation. You know, I know you're trying to be aggressive. You you know you can get to, you know. No, it's not. Because I saw Crowder, who's been in the league eons, foul. Middleton on a three-point shot that he made. There was no reason for you to foul him. There's a difference. It's called contest. It's not called block. You contest the shot as best as you can. Hopefully, he misses. 
That's all it is. It's a hope thing. It's not a you could test the shot. You don't block the shot. It's called contest. Contested goddamn shot and hope he don't make it. No, I completely agree. What I'm saying is Diable was going for the block. Yeah. So that's why he fouled him. He was because the be, only reason why he was going for the block, because they all go for the block. They all go for the block. Not just not just the young guys. Everybody. They go for the block. Reason why, and this is one of the reasons why, is because they feel like that the shooting now here in this league these days is really good. It's not. It's effect because they don't get touched. You can't touch them. So they have all this free range to make moves, especially when they're facing up on a player. You can't touch them. You can't hand check them. You can't do shit. Right. So if you can't touch me and I got time to get a rhythm going and then raise up something I've done in a gym a million times. Yeah, I'm nine times 10 going to knock these shots down. But if I can hand check you and put my physical body on you, then Maybe I will be able to slow you down. Maybe you don't make that shot now. But those things don't happen no more. So everybody tries to jump as high as they can and lean into their body and put all the effort. No. All you got to do is lift your hands up. If you can't block it, get your hand in a visual so they can't see the basket as clearly. And And a vision, excuse me. And that's it. And after that, that's all you need to do because you need to be close to them. That is what defending is and contesting means. You don't have to get stop the ball. No, you don't. It's not It's not about you stopping the ball. These are great players that are supposed to make great shots. You're just supposed to make them work hard for that great shot. Make them take that extra dribble that they don't want to do. Make them have to do an extra step that they don't want to do. You take them out they rhythm. You make them work for it. That's the difference. You don't stop them. You're not, you're not stopping nobody. Dennis Rodman was a great defensive player. You think he was stopping anybody? No, he just made their job difficult. That's all. That's all you need to do. I think he would disagree. <laughs> I think I think I think Dennis would say I stopped a couple people numerous times cuz I, I remember the last time he said he talked about Brian. He said he would lock Brian's ass up. Yeah, and he probably would. He probably would. Because, he, first of all, he's more of a... He's of got a, the size. He's more of a three than he is a, a a four. He became more of a four, you know, as later in his career. But he's more of a three to me. His athleticism is off the charts. So he would have been able to stay in front of him. And every time Brian would have... If Brian would have decided to get physical with him as far as, like, getting stronger on him, he would have just took the charge. It wouldn't work anyway, in my opinion, because he was uh, Dennis was very, very strong. It's all dependent on what Dennis we're talking about. Now, we're talking about Bulls Dennis, or, or we're we talking, talking about Bulls Dennis. Bulls Dennis would have been not Detroit, not Detroit or the Spurs. Detroit, but Detroit, Detroit to me, Detroit slash Spurs Dennis Rodman is the best Dennis Rodman. Detroit and Spurs Dennis Rodman is insanely way better than the Chicago. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, I would. Agree with the Spurs Dennis Rodman. The, the, the Spurs Dennis Rodman was just a rebounding machine. Yeah, he was a machine. But the 
Detroit was the ridiculously great defender. Yeah, that was in his, you know, obviously his use with that with that athleticism. Like, you know, he had something to prove out there too. I mean, he just was a talented, yeah. young, up and coming player. He was for sure, and he would give you fifteen. I mean, I don't know about that many points, but <laughs> what brings me back to twenty five? I can't. I wanted to. I didn't like. I said I didn't want to rant about him tremendously, but I had to go back. Get that out your system, man. The, all the whole city is, man. I've been all. I've been. I've been off it for a long so, time. So, so twenty five to me, like I said, I started with college. I wasn't really big on him because of the fact that he didn't get his team in the tournament, and it's sixty four fucking teams. You have sixty four options. A chances, I should say, to get in the goddamn tournament, and you didn't get in neither one. <sighs> all right, so. I'm on BR. I'm in the community. Um, you know, you can follow me at Gonzo. Yeah, I mean, my memes is awesome. My my, my memes, more so my gifts. My gifts is off the chains. <laughs> um, he's he's talented to a certain extent, but he's a shiny penny. That's all he is. He's a shiny ass penny meaning that he's not worth a cent or he's only worth a cent I should say he's a mirage he's what you see in the distance and be like oh that's amazing is that amazing and when you get close to it like oh that's a piece of shit I love that I love that comparison he's a mirage love it he came in and 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 um, I hear people on in the community and in other places talk about um, he's a he has so much great potential and he's twenty twenty four slash twenty five. I don't care. He's not a star. He's not an all star to me personally, and I don't understand. How he, I, mean, I do understand how he became all star. Um, but he's not nothing. Now I also heard that supposedly he was pleading with the Sixers. Excuse me. How much truth to that? I don't know. But he was pleading with the Sixers not to trade him to Houston. And guess what? He goes to any other team, he will not be heard of again. I'm keeping it a bean. If you hear of him, you will hear of him only in disappointment. Because he will not be the player that you think he should be. And he possibly might make a superstar level. You know, I mean, I mean not superstar. I mean, he might possibly make another all-star team outside of, outside of the city. But he will never reach the level that a lot of people believe that he wants to be or that he should be or he's going to be. He's not going to be that guy. If you're going to be that guy, you're going to be that guy. A guy asked me or commented to me in, um, in the BR app once said, um, he needs to be around shooters. And beat is holding him up. That's why I want to get rid of Joel. He needs to be the five so he could be a Giannis type player. 
I said, Giannis type player. I said, really? I said, you want to be a Giannis type player? I said, oh, I said, I said, that's so funny because I remember y'all was saying Magic when he got in the league. And then y'all was saying LeBron after that. And now y'all saying Giannis? I said, how many people y'all going to superstars y'all going to compare him to, to be in the next of? Or what type is a player he going to be? How about he just be Simmons and be a, not bum, but a decent Simmons? Because that's what he is. He's a decent Simmons. I told my coworker, I said, if Ben Simmons was making about $15 million a year, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But I said, because he's making $30 million a year and more and more, we're having this conversation. It's very true. We don't need to understand the value of, of, a, of a player to understand one thing and one thing only. We see, we see what we see. And then the league sees what they say. And they react. It's common sense. But for some odd reason, they think this guy is going to turn this magical switch. And let me tell you something. Because I want him traded. He needs to get the hell out. Because the team don't believe in him. Particularly when I say team, I mean Joel. Because I don't care what Steph Curry's. I mean, yes, Steph Curry thinks. I don't care what um, Dwight, Joel, to, I mean not Joel, uh, Dwight, uh, Danny Green, uh, to uh, Tobias. I don't care what they think. It all comes down to Joel. Joel needs to sign extension. I want him to stay. He needs to be a sixer for life. I don't want him to go. I don't want him to, to feel like that he has to leave like Charles Barkley did in Allen Iverson. I don't want him to do that. I want him to be able to say, I'm going to retire here as a beloved sixer. That's what I want. But that only happens if he, for the most part, if he signs an extension. And that means he has to go. He has to go. It has nothing to do with anything else. And the people always say to me, oh, you're going to regret it. He's going to go somewhere and he's going to probably ball out. Then what does that say about him? If he goes somewhere and then all of a sudden that jump shot that we've been craving for starts showing up. Oh, we didn't have enough patience? Five years ain't enough? Five years ain't enough patience? I thought five years was was pretty good. But five years must not be enough for a man to learn how to shoot a fucking jump shot. A jump shot, by the way, that now people are posting videos that he's been shooting since his rookie year. Because I did see him shoot jump shots in LSU. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough. Did he make all of his shots? No, because nobody makes all these shots. Of course you're going to miss them. But he made enough. It didn't look like to the point it was like, ah, I don't know about this guy. Then some people say, well, he just, he can stay on the Sixers. He can just be in a different position. Huh? What? So you want to take the ball out of his hands? We saw what that looks like in the playoffs for two years because he missed the bubble. So two years, we saw what that looks like. No, excuse me, three years. Because, well, not three years. Because his rookie year, they threw fucking Al Horford on him to guard him. That would have been the most disrespectful shit I've ever saw in my mm-hmm. life. If you throw Al Horford on my black ass, I'm sorry. 
I'm 6'10. I mean, athletic as hell. Al Horford's supposed to guard me. And Al Horford guarded him because Al Horford knew he couldn't shoot. So you can't shoot. I ain't worried about it. I can give this much cushion, play for your drive. I'm good. All right. And instead of saying, go fuck yourself and bury a jump shot in his eyes, he said, you're right. I can't. <laughs> and then the year after, and the year after, uh, Jimmy was like, why are we keeping the ball in this guy's hands? He won't shoot. And Joel was like, yeah, why are we keeping the, hand in his, in the ball in his hand? He can't shoot. To the point that Brett Brown was like, please, I'm begging the media. Please tell him to shoot. I'm begging you. I've said it to him millions of times that he needs to shoot the ball. Please, y'all. Can y'all please tell him to do my job? Can y'all do my job for me? Because he's not listening to me no more. Please. And he still didn't fucking shoot. So what did so what did Brett Brown do? Brett said, fuck this shit. I'm just gonna take the ball out your hands. Butler gives me a chance to win. You don't. And we was a really good shot away from winning the chip. So if you count the, the Kawhi Leonard year, we could have won the chip that year. Because I'm not saying Milwaukee wouldn't have beat us. I'm just saying that I feel very confident going against Milwaukee. So you count that year, and then you count this year with all the fucking injuries. And watching who's in the finals now. That's two fucking titles. That's two titles. Going. Pretty much because what? Our number one overall draft pick ain't shit. Or ain't what y'all think he is. It's so funny though because you just traded your other number one overall draft pick to Orlando like he wasn't shit. But you don't want to do anything with this one because this one's special. How's he so goddamn special? That shine hasn't rubbed off yet? Is that possible? I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. If he comes back, because they say, oh, he might come back. He'll come back because they'll They'll trade him in the in the midseason. Okay, let's let's run that scenario through real quick. So he comes in. <laughs> I love this one. He comes back to start the season with us. First of all, he has to get the respect back from the players for the dumb shit he did. Then he starts the season. The first time. I, for me personally, if I if they, if they bring him back, I'm waiting until the preseason. The first time he doesn't, he comes down to court and everybody starts sagging off of his dumb ass and he don't pull up for a jump shot, I'm done. I don't care. 
I used to think that he would be here next year, but I'm not so sure now. I don't think so neither. But I'm saying like this: if he is, this is when it's going to happen. If he continues to show the same shit that he's been showing forever, then what is this? What is this? What is the stock going to do now? Nothing. It's going to even get worse. Worse. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I can. I can too. That's why I feel like he's not going to come back because the fact that that's one of the options that could actually happen, that he gets worse or not even worse, that he's the same. Yeah. Because let's say he is aggressive and he's shooting all these jump shots. Then they're going to be like, damn, he's not making them. Because let's say he's not making them at a at a good enough percentage. Damn, he's not even making them. That's horrible. We don't want that. But we're not giving you all this for that. Huh? And he got a contract? Nah. Darryl, you're going to have to keep this one. So, yeah, he's going. I feel like he's going. I feel like it's going to happen on the draft. But at the same time, excuse me, this beer is giving me the hell of a burps. <laughs> but it's really good, though. I got, I got to admit to that. It's really, really good. But um, he, let's say he, then now as I say, now let's look optimistic. Let's look to the benefits in the world. The benefits. Yeah, Ben, Ben, Ben is awesome. I love Ben. Ben is amazing. <laughs> Let's say he's great. Let's say he's balling out the world. Of course, we're not going to trade him. Yeah, that's my fear. Of course, we're not going to trade him. Why would we trade him? But then the question becomes, where was that, those two title years that we could have had? Because Brooklyn is going to be healthier. Golden State is going to be healthier. Who the fuck knows what other teams is going to do, what's going on. Everybody's going to step up. You can't count on every year. Why? Because not so much the injury aspect, but because player movement is so at a high rate. You don't know what the roster is going to be in everything else. The landscape can change so dramatically from year to year. The Chicago Bulls has Zach Levine and Vujovic. They ended the year horribly, but with, I'm assuming, I don't know if they got a new coach. They should. But with a full offseason with those two players, they can be a really good team. So that adds another good team to the mix. And then the Celtics, they lost Brown. Brown comes back healthy. Now they got Tatum and Brown. They could be good. They add another piece, then now they're good. Brooklyn is Brooklyn. As long as they're healthy, they fucking dangerous. Yeah, Brooklyn's going to be real dangerous next year. I don't know about real dangerous. I just feel like they'll be dangerous. I don't know why. No, not real. I mean, they were... They were a big toe away from moving on to the next round. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, they they was really coasting through the regular season. They don't care what they want to be at least in the top, I would say four, three seed. They don't really give a shit about anything else. No, they don't. But I think they come back hungrier because Kyrie got hurt. Harden wasn't Harden. I love my Kyrie, but Kyrie is not the the most as far as about revenge. He's just in no, his he's own not. world. No, he's not. 
He's not. I love my Dukies, but Kyrie is definitely an odd one. But um, yeah, and then you got like I said, and then you got Atlanta, who's just marched on, and then you, of course you got Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? And they'll probably do whatever, especially if they win a chip. They're gonna fucking party like it's 1999 and yada yada yada, all that other stuff. So you're great now. All of a sudden, Ben, you're great. You're amazing. You're great now. You're 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 living up to your potential. And you're amazing. But where was that last year? What was that the year before that? Because we're not going to count your rookie year against the Celtics. We're going to let that slide because you was a rookie. We're not going to count the bubble because you didn't play. But those two years, you could have been something, and instead you was nothing. But now all of a sudden, this year you're going to be something? I'm not buying it. I don't believe you because the fact of the matter is, is that you are who you are and you are an average player who just rode the coattail of a great player and Joel and Embiid because the Sixers stay with great players. We don't stay with great teams. We don't stand with great duos, but we have a great player. We stay with a great player every fucking era. We had Bubba. We had Chuck. We had Moses. Well, we had Doc. And then we had Moses. We lucked up on that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. We had a chance to give Barkley a chance to give him a nice one-two punch. We fucked that up. We fucked that up immensely. The AI situation was... Uh, I was just the was, right formula. The AI situation was fucked up for two multiple reasons. First of all, Jerry Stackhouse is Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse has an issue. He's like a real issue. He didn't understand how to be a number two. Even when he knew he was a number two. Even when he knew he was a number two. He got to, to Pistons when they traded him. And Grant was like, oh, fuck this shit. You, you, I had Allen Houston and now I got this dude? Fuck. I'm going to Orlando. See you later. And you fucked up my angle? I'm out. Him, Zam. But then we had Tim Thomas. Yeah, it is what it is. Then we had motherfucking Larry Hughes, which we should have kept. That's what it is. But we should have kept like Spoon. We should have kept, you know what I mean, like a couple other players. Possibly. But we decided not to. And then we didn't improve on adding none of those other players that we should have added to. Mind you, it wasn't that many great players to add, but we could have tried. And at the tail and after the finals, after the finals year, we tried to grab some young talent to go against go with AI, but it was it was a little too late. Because the role players that we had, the the Hills and the Lynches and the Snows of the, well, not so much snow, but the Hills and Lynches and like the McKees of the world, they was they were done. They was old. They was old when we got what well, it wasn't old. It was an eight prom Taylor N. And then they became old. We need to replace them more than we needed to find another score for AI. AI can always score. He got buckets for a couple more seasons. But, you know, it is what it is. So Simmons, um, we, some of us love the fact that, you know, you did 
do some great things here in this city, which I don't understand. So this is this is um <laughs> this is so funny. The minute the season ends, this nigga leaves. I'm sorry. I'm saying it. <laughs> the minute the season ends. And I came to find out it wasn't about just this season. It's any season that he's been in. As soon as the season's over, wherever he's laying, like laying his, resting his head at, he's gone by the time the end of the season. And he's like, I see you in like October, bro. We're, uh, I'll meet you in Carolina because that's where we go and do our, our training camps. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah. How? I got Joel running the streets like fucking Rocky. But I can't get you in a in a in a in a in a in a rec center. I can't get you in a practice facility shooting shooting hoop in the city. No. You out. You you out in the streets. Okay. But you working on your game. Oh, okay. I believe that. I believe it. I believe it as much as you just don't want to be here because that's the kind of vibe I'm on right now. There's two things I'm robbing on. If he leaves, more importantly, once he leaves, he gets better. And the crazy part about it, because he's already a okay, good player, as far as the other parts of his game, he doesn't really need to get that much better on an offensive end. But if he does, he's going to look amazing to everybody. Which makes me like, oh, well, okay. Like I said, you going to do that shit once you leave? Fine. Fair. <laughs> Whatever. But then it comes to the point where um, I feel like you were just forcing your way out in a very polite way. I'm going to get them to be this Whatever, 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 whatever. Like, I'm a nonchalant individual for people who don't know me. His nonchalant list is on a different beam. Like, you understand that you knock down a three, you got your teammates doing cartwheels. Like, why are they doing cartwheels when you knock down a three? Something that you should be doing regularly. It's like they never saw it before. They should at least see you do that shit in, in the practice. Why are they so excited for you? And then in a situation like a game seven, when you had an opportunity to get two points, it wasn't about you dunking the ball. You could have just laid it up. It didn't fucking matter. I seen you lay up a million times. The fact that you passed up an open shot in a key situation Frustrated everybody and confused everybody. And I wasn't talking about the fans. I'm talking about your when you lose your teammates, that's a problem. I don't even care if you lost the coaching staff. The coaching staff to me don't I don't care about that. When you lose the team, particularly the person that you're supposed to be 
the omega to his alpha. When you lose that, that's a freaking problem. And you you can't make it seem like it's it's not you can't make it seem like it's just not about nothing. So I'm gonna feel bad well. I mean I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fare bet um help me out with this one. What? I want to bear farewell. There you go. Never mind. I got it. Uh-huh. I fixed myself. Took me a minute. To Ben Simmons and to whatever team he goes to and I hope you do well in life. I always want positive things for my um, my uh, brethren. But you let us down. And people and people tell me this, and they say, "Well, we're not gonna get good value on it. We can't trade them. We're not gonna get value. It, it has to be. It has to be like a Damian Litter, or it has to be like a Bradley Beal. It's like what? I don't give a rat's ass if you give me fucking two cents on the dot. I don't give a rat's ass what you give me. The quicker he's gone, the better we can move on." It's like a band-aid. Just rip it off. That's it. Rip it off and keep it pushing. Yeah, you know I mean, it's not like it's the first mistake we ever made. This one, you know what I mean? As my homie always say, this this two show pass. But it needs to be done. And like I said, I believe it's going to be done around the draft. Because I think Murray's Maury is thinking like, you know what? I'm not going to get a player that I really, really want. So I'm just going to get some draft picks. Maybe a player and some draft picks. Hmm, That works for me. I can deal with that. I think we're going to be okay as a Sixer community. I mean, as a Sixer team. But at the same time, I feel like if we bring back Ben Simmons, we're going to be in a whole shit of trouble. And that's just the way I, I see it. But once he's gone, we can lick our wounds, you know, put some knee neosporin on it and keep it pushing. We'll be fine. But we have to get rid of him first. I say, um, I kind of like went over my, um, my minutes. No, you're good. But no, I'm just, enough. I'm, no, I'm you can fine. go another hour about Ben. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'm not about Ben, but it was the other stuff in between. I was trying to so much not just start raging about him, <laughs> so I just started going a little bit like trying to sidebar it or trying to like you know whatever whatever with it, which was which was cool. But yeah, because I wanted to talk about um, I wanted to talk about Loki, and the fact ah. that that shit was amazing. If you haven't seen the Loki series, it's amazing. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give, give you like a real short brief of Loki because it's amazing. Watch it, and for all you people who have not watched the Disney Plus series, when you go see a, a meaningful Marvel movie and you don't understand shit, don't ask anybody because you should be watching a goddamn Disney <laughs> Plus series so you can stay on top of it. I tell you people to watch them that they're all connected. Kevin Feige is a genius, and he's putting shit together this is very true so why don't you don't i watched black widow the hour it came out on 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 disney plus 
I wasn't a fan. It was okay. It should have came out a couple years ago. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just like it should came out like four years ago or some shit like that. Well, it's just that everybody said it was so good. So I had this nostalgic feeling. I haven't been to the movies in years. And I was like, okay, well, let's go to the movies. Let's get that vibe. Get the popcorn. Get the nachos. Whatever. Get into the to, to the nice reclining chair and get the movie experience, mm-hmm. which I kind of did get. You know, you saw your early previews and things like that. So that was fine. But the I I felt let down about the movies. It, it had its moments. It had its spot. Mm-hmm. But I felt let down on on, on the movie. And you know, it kind of took away wonder being at home like you said watching on disney plus would that have been a better you have to understand that the last two movies that most people have seen from marvel in a movie theater was endgame and spider-man for home that is really two good ass movies i was about to say that's really two good movies right there so if you went to the movie theater to go see black widow yeah you're gonna be disappointed but if you don't want to watch it on like disney plus you'd be like you'd be like yeah this is a good one it's a good netflix one I got it. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, for sure. It was it was definitely Disney Plus worthy. They should have just released it on Disney Plus. But it was just only because it's fact. Like I said, it was so outdated as far as where it should have went. It should have been. I won't, I don't I won't I won't you know what I really feel like this this movie should have came in. This movie should have came in between wherever movie was before Infinity War. The movie, but the two movies between Infinity Infinity War, I think it was Ant Man. I think Ant Man won, and then it was Infinity War, or was it something else before Infinity War? I would look it up. But whatever the movie that was before Infinity War, it should have came in between that movie. That would have been great because some people said, "No, this movie should probably came out like right after Civil War." And I'm like, it could have, but I wouldn't have been mad if it had came out right before. Infinity War, because it led right into Infinity War to the tail to the tail end. The problem was was that the post credit scene would have had to have fucking been totally different. You know what I mean? Because obviously we didn't know shit about the end game at that time. But other than that, the film itself, the whole film itself, would have per- was perfect for Endgame. I mean, for um for Infinity War to lead up into Infinity War, you'd have been like, "Holy shit, Infinity War is about to come out! This is insane!" So I looked it up real quick, um, and I'm surprised they have it updated. But um, there's a site that has how to watch all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Oh yeah, I already know that one. So we got uh, Captain America: First Avenger, Marvel, Miss Marvel, Marvel, yeah, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Iron Man One, Iron Man Two, yep, the Hulk, Hulk. Thor, Thor, then the first Avengers, first Avengers, then Iron Man three, Iron Man three, Thor, Dark, Dark World, Dark World two, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, and then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one, one, and then two, yep, Age of Ant, uh, Ultron, right, then Ant Man, Ant Man, then Civil War, mm-hmm. then they put Black Widow right there, yeah, because that's where it should technically go timeline wise, if you're doing timeline order, yeah. but. I was thinking like if you don't if you didn't want to do a timeline, I don't know what they was thinking back then at the time. But if you wanted to wait a couple of years and probably do it a little bit later, you could have still put it in between Infinity War and what was the movie before Infinity War? Um, for here and before Infinity War, they have Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man, 
before Infinity War? Yeah, so right after Black Widow, and you're right, it makes sense because it says um, at the env- the end of the Civil War airport fight in the final scene, um, you see Natasha on, on the run and hiding after the Tony Stark helping Steve Rogers and Bucky escape. Right. So that makes sense that Black Widow would sit right there. Right. And then after that, they have Black Panther. Right. And then they have Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Doctor Strange. Right. Ragnarok. Right. Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then they have Infinity Wars. Oh, oh, oh. Because it says oh, it shows so, so the I'm, end credits of Captain Marvel. So, um, no, uh, the uh, not not Infinity War one. The um, which one? Um, Ultron. No, the uh, Ant Man and Wasp one. Yeah, they they post credit scene was when they was um, um, dusted when they were snapped. Yep, that was they post credit scene. So then. If it does, if if Black Widow wasn't so, if Black, all right, I'll put it this, to you this way: Black Widow should have been, um, actually, it would have worked either way. Black Widow could have even went before Ant Man and Wasp or after Ant Man and Wasp. Either way, it would have been better. It would be, it have been, it would have been fine because the post credit scene was the snap. Yep. No, hold up, that was. Hold up, that was Ant-Man and Wasp was before Affinity War? Yeah, so they're saying that since it was set in 2018, two years after Civil War. Hold up, I'm going on my Disney Plus drone. I gotta <laughs> see this shit. This is this is insane. I'm sorry, people. So it talks about the quantum realm, why right, which sets it up for the quantum realm in endgame. And then, like you said, the post scene. Yeah, shows... but they wouldn't they wouldn't have showed that post credit scene like that. No, that's not right. Hold up, I'm going to my timeline. I'm going to Marvel. How? How? What does what does Disney Marvel say? What is this? <laughs> Hold up. All right, timeline. So we got Captain Marvel. My you uh for um just letting y'all know on Disney there is no Hawk and there's there is no Spider Man movies. They are under different products, so they they're not under the Disney stuff. Right. So on the timeline of Marvel, it's it's uh under Disney. It's Captain Marvel. I mean Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man One, Iron Man Two. Thor, Avengers 1, Thor Dark World, Iron Man 3, Captain America Civil War, both Guardian Galaxies, Avengers. Um, Which Winter Soldier? Winter Soldiers is not in there? Yeah, I said Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier. That was the second Captain America. okay. I'm sorry. I missed that one. And uh, both uh, Guardian Galaxies, um, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, the first one, Civil War. They throw Black Widow in the middle of it as like like you, um, your list was, yep. and then it says Black Panther, Doctor uh, Strange, Thor Ragnarok, Ant Man. What it was, Ant Man was unbelievable. This one has Spider Man Homecoming between Strange and Black Panther too. <clears throat> it may, and it kind of makes sense set in twenty sixteen. Uh, all right, hold up. Maybe, all right, now I'm going. Now we'll. Now, now I actually gotta go through um, phase one. I gotta go through the phases now. Phase three and four. Thank you. I knew I wasn't tripping. So, and that that doesn't make any. That does. That definitely doesn't make any sense. Oh, and now it does. It makes sense now. Never mind. 
So originally when they released the movie, Infinity War, I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Wasp came after Infinity War. But in a timeline order, they're saying that Ant-Man and the Wasp is before Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, correct. The timeline, correct. But correct. it's only the timeline. Is But the, the what happens is that the post-credit scene makes it seem like it's afterwards. So technically... Yes, that's right. So yeah, the movie should have came even before Black Widow should technically came before either before Ant Man and Wasp or after Ant Man and Wasp. That's technically where the shit came in. Technically, if we go in timeline order. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, so that makes more sense. And uh, with that being said, we're going to do uh, a Mount Rushmore that we always do. Usually, um, we ask, um, you know, prime myself. We we do our whole, you know picking our four top things over the top of we was talking about today. We were talking about um, particularly 25 and what um, shenanigans um, that he did to us beloved mm-hmm. city. But uh, with that being said, we're going to do, I'm going to do not so much weight, but I'm going to do my top four um, Ben Simmons traits um, that I feel like could or particularly should happen. Um, these are mines. These are nothing else. Nobody else's ideas. So um, I'm going to start from four and then go up to one. So with four, um, the first three, um, um, it's kind of the um, not obvious one, but one that I, I know a lot of people have talked about and heard, and that was the CJ McCollum. The only issue with McCollum trade that I don't like about us getting it, CJ, is the fact that he's old. Durr. Excuse me. He's older and he's had um, some injuries issue, issues. Hitting 30 doesn't really sit well with me. But we are in that win mode now. So I'm not totally against it. But at the same time, I just feel like that maybe, maybe we could do something different with that. And um, I'm really high on Maxi. And Maxi is a decent defender. So I don't feel like that he won't be a good defender. Um, and that means if we get CJ, that means Maxi won't start. Because um, our backcourt will possibly be CJ and, and, and Steph. I mean, and Seth. And uh, with possibly like Matisse at the three and and you know Tobias at the four and Jojo at the center. Um which is not a bad starting lineup at all. It's actually very potent. Very potent. And um I do think um CJ can do some of the point guard duties. Um when you got a center you don't really need to be so flashy or creative with the point guard and duties. When you got a dominant center if you got a guy like who could just catch lobs and just roll to the rim, then you might need a pure point guard like that. But I don't think you really need a pure point guard if you got a, a guy who can drop 30 to 40, maybe even 50 points on you. So, yeah, that's my number four. Um, I don't really give a shit about the teams who I send Ben to, so I'm not even going to talk about them. Um, my, my number three... Um, my my num- my number three is kind of interesting, um, b- 
because I think it has a really strong possibility to happen. The question is, is that we're probably going to get screwed on the return more. But um, I bumped it over CJ because of the fact that the player is younger. And we've seen the potential of what he could be. And I like his upside more than I like uh, CJ's upside because CJ doesn't really have upside. He is who he is. And that's the Lakers. Give me Kuzma. And um, obviously, you have to sprinkle some other shit in, possibly, or some other packages or whatever. But um, maybe even another team. But Kuzma is a guy who was a pure 20 points per game scorer. He was Michael Porter Jr. before Michael Porter Jr. You know what I mean? Because Michael Porter Jr. wasn't playing or in the league yet. Um, But he was an instant bucket. People say defensively and all that other shit, whatever. Um, But he was more engaged. He was very talented. It's the reason why um, when they traded Lonzo, they added Ingram to the package and not Kuzma because Kuzma is really, really, really good. And they want the Lakers wanted to hold on to him. And I feel like that his ability with with a Tobias and a Joel, and then you can add a Maxi at the point because there is no other guard that will be there. And you can keep Seth there at the two. I think that that uh, that's really good. You can still bring uh, Tobias off the bench. I mean, not Tobias, uh, Matisse off the bench and uh, use him as his, the defensive player for whatever the situation may be. He's enough that if you sit Curry down for Matisse, yeah, I mean, you're not losing no offense because you have a Kuzma and a Tobias still on the floor. You know what I'm saying? And then you still have a guy in Maxi who should be getting better on the floor. So offensively, you'll still have the potent firepower, but I buy at and defense as well. So I feel like that's really, really a, a possibility. I think it's very far fetched, but in my list is very up is up there. Like I said, I don't give a shit what the Lakers do. I don't care. Um, number two is um, I know people want to want to hear Dame, and I'm 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 trying to be realistic with trades, um, even though I don't really figure out how they will work out, but I just don't want to hear about Dame. Dame is not happening. It won't happen. But number two <clears throat> is a real strong possibility, and that is uh, Bradley Beal. Now, really? You think so? On, hear me out. Um, okay. Um, Bradley Beal is a... Um, is obviously a stud. We already we already know that. Um, he's he's a, he's a great player. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He makes us better. He will make us ten times better. He's a two guard. The issue with that is that now we will possibly have to move either Curry to the bench, which I'm assuming he will have to move to a six man role, which I. Don't know he would be too mad about and move Maxi into the point because we need a point guard. But then you kind of strengthen the bench because now you got Curry and Thibault coming off the bench instead of just one. So now you got a good six, seven guy going up. And that makes kind of sense. You know what I mean? As far as that's concerned. Um, 
of course, like I said, Beal is obvious. He makes he makes this great. He makes it great. He, he makes this great. Now, the reason why I feel like it's a possibility is because once they got rid of Scott Brooks, I think they might have lost Westbrook. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they might have lost Westbrook. By that being said, I don't know if he's like, all right, well, I'm losing Westbrook now. Like, we had a really good thing going. We had some good pieces. Why the fuck? Duh, duh, duh. I went out. I'm not saying it would happen, but it's definitely up on my wish list type thing. I was really huge on trying to get Bradley Bill here. At the time, I wanted Bill and Simmons here. I really don't care for Simmons, like I said. So, therefore, I mean, he can go. We'll just get Maxi the, the ball, let him learn on the fly, whatever, whatever. If anything, push come to shove. We'll even let, you know, Beal or Curry run the point, especially down the stretch. I don't really, I wouldn't give a shit. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that averaged 30 points in the last two years. He's a straight instant bucket. He's a fucking amazing, and I, I would definitely take him. He has some injury his issues, too, but, I mean, other than that, I'm, I'm really, really high on him. So, yeah, I really, I really, I really think that's a solid, solid one if they can get it done. I don't think it will happen, but as far as, like, ranking-wise, he's the best He's the best player out of the four I have on my Mount Rushmore. And then, of course, my number one is going to surprise people, but to me, it's it just makes so much fucking sense. And then watching his YouTube videos, this fucking guy is... He fits us. He fits us in a nutshell. Um, And that is Ben Simmons for Wiggins. Now, I am not a huge Wiggins fan. I feel like he's a disappointment number one overall draft pick as well. There's been a lot of those lately. But he has a very good relationship with Joel Embiid, which isn't very important to me, to me personally. Um, and it should be important to the Sixers. Um, I don't think they they really they wanted to be, but I think it really is. Um Wiggins has some of the the issues of of um of of twenty five. Um, as far as the um nonchalantless and sometimes being lost in the sauce attitude, um, or vanishing in certain points, but I've seen him enough, not just in Golden State this year, but in Minnesota in the past, where. He's attempted big shots when he needs to take big shots. Um, he can get to the line. He's a decent three-point shooter. He's even improved. Um, he has had, in Minnesota and in Golden State, take over quarters late in games, whether it's the third or the fourth, which is something that we obviously need. Um, but he's not a clip as far as like, I want to do it all on my own. I'm putting all my shoulder attitude. He's a team player and he's passive enough to allow Tobias and Joel and anybody else to shine. But when it comes down to the clutch, he's willing to make the shots take, he's willing to take the shots and he's capable of making those shots. I just watched him in Canada in like a 
playing game for the Olympics. He was fucking amazing. I was like, holy shit, this kid's fucking balling. And then I watched some of the stuff he was doing in Golden State. And, of course, I was watching him. And, like, some nights he didn't have it. He he had a very Tobias-esque type vibe. But then it was some games where he was like, holy crap, you're on a different level right now. And that's important. And, like I said, the fact that he already has a vibe with, with Joel can't hurt. I won't say it will make it totally 10 times better, but it can't hurt. Um, yeah, I just think he's my, he's definitely my, he's definitely my number one. People think I'm crazy. I know I sound crazy. Believe me, I, I wasn't thinking it, but then I just start looking at some tape and I just start putting it together. Like, listen, man, I can see them running a two man game down the stretch. And you're gonna be fucked, especially if, especially if if, if Wiggins got the mid range going. You're gonna be like so fucked because you don't know what the fuck to do. Because Joe can pop and Joe can roll, and 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 Wiggins is not the most gracious passer in the world. I mean, he's not like fucking John Stockton or anybody like that, but he can get the ball to Joe if he rolls. He knows he has a good basketball IQ. So he can make the right play if they switch some shit up. He doesn't really make too many mistakes. He's not a superstar, but he if he comes here, he'll be an all-star next year. There's no doubt in my mind. He's that talented. We already know he's that talented, and we were afraid that. But I just think he really will good down. You know, the city can be tough on, you know, softies. But I think he's, I think he's tough enough enough to 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 to, to hang in it, and Joe, I will show him the ropes. Um, maybe we get a draft pick out of the deal. Um, I even thought about at one point maybe possibly um, go stay giving us maybe Draymond, which I wouldn't be too fucking pissed off about. But I don't think they'll ever give up on Draymond, which they shouldn't. He's part of their big three. Um, and um, I would love to if they would give us Wiseman with Wiggins, but I don't think that would ever happen. But maybe Ubre. I don't want Ubre. That's the only person I'm thinking of that's over there. I or or, or or that what pick did they have? Right, top fifteen pick. They got seven, and then they got fourteen. They got seven from Minnesota, and then they got fourteen from themselves. I would take seven in Wiggins. Um, some people might not have think it's enough. That's why I said a pick. But if it's a pick and a they they feel like Wiggins. So what I've seen when it comes to Golden State, they say Wiggins and both picks for Simmons. A lot of people are still high on Simmons in the world. I don't see it. Well, he works in their system. Like but, in, no, in he that, doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. He Who works in whose system? Ben works in with Golden State. No, the fuck he doesn't. How he's just surrounded by shooters. He doesn't need to shoot. He doesn't work in anybody's system. When do you? When will y'all understand this? This man is a fucking shiny ass Tucker. Why? Because he can't shoot. Because he's he's not good. I can fucking drive the court. I can drive the court and push the ball all the way down and then push it out to a three point shooter. There's nothing special about that. A lot of players can do that. 
There's nothing special that he's doing by him taking the ball and going full steam ahead and then stopping on a dime and kicking out to a shooter. I completely disagree. <laughs> completely disagree. Oh, well, you can completely disagree with me all you want because most of those guys who push the ball down the court, they're going to shoot the ball. That's what we're getting to, right? You're talking about shooting. If you take away the shooting aspect of Ben Simmons' games, he is very, very good. You no, know, he's not very, very good. He's very, very horrible. Okay. He's very no. Let me, rephrase, let me rephrase that. He's very, very average. He's an average player. That's what he is. And if he goes to Golden State or all the, any other teams I mentioned, he's going to be average. Joel showed him greatness. Joel carried him, but nobody sees that because everybody believes because he's great. There's nothing great about him. He's average, possibly good, but average. He's an average player. If I had to ask you, would you ever have Ben Simmons or Andre Iguodala, who would you choose? Simmons. That's the sad. That's very sad. I would take Simmons. For that sure. is so sad. So you would rather have a guy who. Who can defend all positions. Yeah. So, so. Well, all positions. He can't guard. He can't guard centers, and he can't guard power forwards. He can't guard power forwards nor centers. Giannis, on, Giannis bullied him. Anytime somebody got strength on him, he got bullied. You're talking about Giannis, right? There's only one Giannis. I mean, but I there's mean, a, there's I mean, only one Giannis. When he guard LeBron, LeBron will okay. bully him. Okay, we're talking about this. In my opinion, the second greatest player ever. Okay, next. <laughs> You're talking about dudes who are freakishly strong, freakishly athletic. That's well, he's supposed to be a power forward. I'm thinking of people who's power forwards. How many people are posting up these days? I'm just naming who you are named. He can't guard fives, so he can't guard all five positions. So he can't guard no centers. He can't go Djokovic. He can't guard no like a, in a B, even though he doesn't have he to guard. Definitely guard I, I didn't say he can guard Jokers well, but he can definitely guard Djokovic. No, he can't guard no damn Djokovic. Okay. That's why he's never guarded Djokovic. Because there's it's because they're in B there. There's no reason to. No, it's the reason why we get a backup center because you don't want to put him at a backup five because he can't guard a backup five. He can't guard a Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez will bully him. Uh, what, what, uh, who's the other center? And um, what you call him? He can't guard no Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis will bully him. Anthony Davis bullies everybody, though. Well, you no, no. First of all, Anthony Davis doesn't bully everybody. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis is more of a, a finesse player. I mean, he's a, a he's a finesse player, but he will put anybody on his back. You he know will, what I mean? He yeah. will post anybody up. There's but, no. It doesn't matter who it but is. If it's a Simmons on him, he's gonna go. Strong. If it's a non Simmons on him, he's going to go finesse. He's going to bully the shit out of Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is too small. Not physically too small, but just too small. No, he's physically too small, but everybody's physically too small, Anthony Davis. Well, Anthony Davis ain't the really biggest guy in the world. He's just tall. He has strength, as everybody has strength. I'm not saying Ben doesn't have any strength, but Ben is not good. So you're sounding like the people that believe that Ben Simmons has some up, 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 up scale going up. No, no, Ben Simmons is is what he is. He's he's what you see is what you get, which is not good. But I disagree that he's that he's not a good player. If you take away the shooting, right? Obviously, and that's hard because that's the fundamental thing of basketball. Right, but what I'm saying, he does. He has he has good vision. He's great in transition. All right, so he has a, he has such great vision. He has such a great vision. I said he had good vision. And so, he, well, did I say he had great vision? Maybe he has good. He has good vision. All right, so he has such good vision. He's never averaged over ten points. I mean, ten assists a game. He barely averages. He averages the same, the same exact numbers as what was the player? Um, 
people were sleeping on. They was like, "Yo, he's he's this player," and they was like, "No way!" And they was like, "He." Actually... I think I've I think I've heard this before. Oh, who was the player? It was it was it was a it wasn't a bad like horrible player, but it was a. It's not. It shouldn't be in the same conversation as Ben, as you would think, because yeah. of the accolades. The yeah. accolades make you think Ben is better than what he really is. He's a three-time All Star. He is a uh, two-time First Team All Defense, right? I think so. And then he's a uh, one-time, third-time. He's a one-time, uh, three-team All NBA. And then he's a uh, former Rookie of the Year. And uh, I think it's something else. I can't think of it right now. First round, uh, first pick. Right? Oh, yeah, of course, he's the first pick on the draft. But he has all those accolades. So therefore, you're thinking like he gotta be a great, amazing player. No, he's not. Like I said earlier in the show. If Iguodala was in his shoes on this team, we would be a way better team. We wouldn't be, I put it this way, we'll still be playing. We'll still be playing. I put money on that. Of course, I can't ever really back that up with any kind of, you know what I mean, thing because it's all hypothetical. But I believe that we would still be playing. If Iguodala was on in, on his team in his fifth year, four, four fifth year, as Ben Simmons is, we would be in the finals with a Joel Embiid and a Tobias Harris. We would. It's just that simple. And he could play exactly the same role. And he would love to play that role. Oh, I could just be the point guard? Really? I'm Andre Iguodala and I could be the point guard? That's great. I ain't got to worry about scoring when I, I can score whenever I want. Great. I mean, he would just love that role. But he, but he's, but, but, but Simmons is not this guy. He's not a really good player. He's, he's not an all star caliber player, in my opinion. He's an all star caliber player because he played with Joel and Embiid. And Joel Embiid was, has, is, is a really great player, therefore, or a superstar. Therefore, you need to, hey, um, well, you're a superstar and your team is doing good. Well, who's the second best player on your team? And they start looking down the list and they say, eh, we don't like Tobias. He's not shining enough. Let's give the, let's, oh, that Ben's guy. Yeah, then let's give it to Ben Simmons. He was the number one pick, all right? Okay, yeah, we'll give it to him. It's the same thing with Giannis in, in Milwaukee with, with Milton. Giannis is a superstar. And who's the, who's the second best guy on that team? Oh, Milton? I don't know about him. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make him an all star. And people were shaky on. Hey, yeah, yeah. I like Milton. He's okay. Now he's showing you, like, no, I'm an all-star caliber player, borderline superstar, bro. Like, I can fucking ball. I don't know where the fuck you've been, been at. When Giannis went out in the bubble, I was fucking balling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ball. You know what I'm saying? I am on a different level. I step up. I don't know why you don't think that. I never had heard a defensive player before. Get so much, so much attention. But when I would say to my friends, I said, Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer. They said, Ben Wallace? How's Ben Wallace a Hall of Famer? I said, Ben Wallace is like a four-time defensive player of the year. He led the league in rebounds, NBA champion. Like, I understand what you're talking about. Not Ben Wallace. Yes, Ben Wallace. But now when we talk about Ben Simmons, defense is everything. Defense is everything. If I'm not mistaken, nobody was talking about Kawhi Leonard until he started scoring. 
So you start dropping like 30 to 40 points a game. No, nobody's talking about him. They say, oh, yeah, he's a good player. He's a decent player. Great defensive player. Locked down LeBron James in the finals. That was pretty good. But it wasn't until he was knocking down buckets, then he's like, oh, he might be a top five player. Some people call him top 30 all time. Can you believe it? But Simmons is Simmons is above average. Simmons is really good. No, Simmons is not good. He's not good. He's decent. He's a decent player with potential because he's still young. But he can't play. He can't play. If this was, I say, 10 years ago, he probably wouldn't even be a starter. But now all of a sudden he's a starter and he's a superstar and he's an all-star and all this stuff. No, it's not. It's not real. The worst trade I heard for Ben Simmons, if I'm not mistaken, was Kevin Love and Saxton. I think maybe like a first rounder or some shit. That's a horrible trade. That's a lot for Ben. That, no, that's a horrible trade. For, I mean, it's a horrible trade for the Sixers. For, I mean, the, the the love thing we could make him work as a backup, but the Saxon thing is like crazy. We got Maxi. What the fuck are you doing? You gonna put Maxi on on? A, I mean, we gonna still put, bring Maxi off the bench, and then on top of it, Saxon can't pass. So now we got a guy. Who, I mean, like it's it, it doesn't sound good to me. I'm not saying it wouldn't work for us. But I just, I'm not a fan of that trade. But guess what I would do? Pull the trigger. Because that's what we need to do. He needs to go. He needs to go like ASAP. Yeah, that's how I feel. I hear you. You ain't got to give me the finger. Say no, just Say no, So, um,. With that said, this was going, and we're going to end on this note. And um, also, um, w- real quick, um, I want to say this for our beloved um, stat boy. Um, um, they're having, for those who are interested, um, they're having a um, little LJ's legacy. Um, that was one of the nicknames that people called him. Um on August the seventh, at uh, from ten a.m. to uh, five p.m., it is at um, the Yaden Community Park, um, four hundred one South Union Avenue, Yaden, PA, one nine zero five zero. It's going to be music. It's just celebrating the life of uh, Stat Boy, also known as Mont, also known as LJ to to his um, friends and family. And um, yeah, um, I just wanted to let that know, be known, and put it out there that. Um, you know, um, please come out if you can. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna, at least I'm gonna try to be. I don't, I don't, I don't know my schedule, but I'm definitely gonna be there and uh, stop through there. And um, um, yeah. And we're also gonna. I'm, I'm working on it immediately. Having I said, I mentioned it a million times on a couple episodes, but uh, we're gonna have the uh, merch coming out before all of us from problem day, problem debate with stats. Uh, we're probably just gonna do like shirts and hoodies. Um, in summertime, and then eventually it's going to be pretty nippy out before we have it, before you know it. 
and then uh possibly get some uh some sweats some like a sweatsuit type situation going on and some other merch and stuff like that so we're, we're working on these things i'm gonna get them all moving on and going and um yeah so i just want to let that be known and um this video is um streaming live like i said on youtube and um i'm gonna uh upload it um I would say it would say Sunday, so I'll say it should be uploaded tomorrow on our channel if you want to, you know, c come back and check us out and watch us, whatever. So, um, yeah. So uh, I would like to thank everybody at uh, Crack Bell Productions. Yes, sir. And uh, everybody from Facebook Live and um, YouTube um, who are watching us. And um, I'm our, I fixed my Twitter. I fixed our Twitter page. I just got to learn how to work Twitter. I'm really hard with Twitter. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but a link will be uploaded as well. And of course, check us out on Instagram under the same name, Prom Debate with Stats. And um, we'll possibly see you next week with another new episode. If not, we'll see you two weeks from now. And uh, yeah, for the great debater and Nate. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you. Have a good one. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.